everybody, welcome back to our 12th episode of Big Red Ballers. We're coming off an exciting week in the Ivy League play. Cornell is number one yeah. in um, rankings, and we recently had two games that we're about to deep dive into. Yeah, so the first game uh, we're going to talk about was Cornell against Harvard, which was a tough 89-95 loss, high-scoring game. Score was a problem, especially for Nas Williams had 23 points. Great game yeah. for him. I know he banged up his knee a little bit in that he will be out with Brown, but he had a phenomenal performance. He had a really Definitely. good job. And then I just, in regards to the outcome, we were just outscored. A yeah. lot of their players, they had four or five players scoring over 10 points or over. And when they did score 10 points or over, they were outscoring our players by like one point. Yeah. Which did end up amassing, yeah, as you can see, to a six point. point loss, um, yeah. yeah. But then you also see, I, I think you would be more experienced in talking about this. We got out rebounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big thing. It's something that's not like valued or talked about because everyone wants to talk about scoring or, yeah. or, or obvious things if a team didn't play well, good defense. A rebound really matters. It's something that d- doesn't seem big until you don't have it. And so that's a game where you can get a couple more possessions and get some offensive rebounds to cut down some of the rebounds you gave up to another team. That can help you in the end. So a six-point game, that definitely is something you want to get yeah, back. Yeah, especially when you, you're being out-rebounded 30-22. to 22. Exactly. So, and then, you know, another thing that's just harsh numbers, Harvard's field goal percentage was better than ours by 9%, 51% versus 60%. Yeah. You know, it's something unique about the Cornell team. I think it's a game that... Personally, I expect them to win. And, you know, it happens sometimes. Six-point loss. And you just got outscored, like Sahini said. That happens. But I think it's something you can definitely try to, again, improve on. It's something you can take away and say, okay, well, you didn't play terrible. All of it happened. We just didn't score as well as we could. We didn't, and we could have rebounds. All very fixable things. Especially where Quinella is right now in the... Uh, in uh, Ivy play, it's really good. Like, these are major issues. You think yeah. that you can fix I did want to like, bring that up. We're not nitpicking. It's just oh, that no, we yeah. couldn't find anything else to talk oh, yeah. about. Because honestly, oh, honestly, Cornell's been really, really good. I mean, yeah. you're first, like you said, you're first in the Ivy League right now. You've really been able to show that you can probably, you can play with anyone in the Ivy League, even play with teams outside the Ivy League where you, Lost by two to Miami, two to Boston College. Yeah, people who are like you know at a higher level of play. Exactly, and so I think it's something that Cornell's gonna be really good with. And going to the Brown, uh, that was a game. First of all, for anyone that was there, you know it was a game to yeah. remember. No, I'm so mad because a you didn't get me a T-shirt. No, anybody <laughs> who's listening to this, just know David is unreliable because both my producer and I were like, David, we want T-shirts from this game, and he was like. Okay, and then did not get us t-shirts. Yeah, I was I was caught in the moment. It was too much, man. Yeah. It was a packed well, house. Well, we well I was in Binghamton playing hockey and busting <laughs> my butt. I did not even get my t-shirt when I came back, and I was very frustrated. Nah, I'm sorry. It, it was just it was it was a packed house. It was um. Yeah, I'm I'm sad I couldn't be there. I'm big moment. It was um. Anyone that wasn't there, come to the next game. You'll you'll be able yeah. to get it back. Did you get your burger? Oh no, I did not. It was it was like a hour. Did, did you get away. a burger? No, no, no. It was like a pass, like a little free coupon to get a burger. It was, oh, like, okay. it was like an hour away. I mean, oh, yeah, no. So the, if you're a freshman, you don't got a the car. Boat, bar, boatyard Grill is not an hour away. Whatever it is, you got to go by just, car. Just, you know, just like bum a ride off of something. Yeah, I'm good. I ain't doing all that. That's I don't know. Another thing, David does not want to put in the effort no. for this team, bro, it's, to go get his it's, free It's burger. not even the effort, but the money. I ain't going to play. <laughs> it's a burger. It's a free burger. Just go. It's time, man. A t- time is insane. But it, it's just a thing where like, 
it was a great win, you know. You didn't need, you didn't need, <laughs> yeah, back to content. <laughs> you didn't need, I didn't need my burger afterward. I was happy with the win itself. But no, nah, I mean, it was a game that I think, honestly, Cornell probably should have won by a little more. Yeah, I was going to say, like, again, very good win. Very yeah. happy. I love it when we win. But I was kind of like, hmm, we should have won by a little bit more. Because also, again, looking at the hard numbers, just just awful three-point percentage. Yeah. That's especially, not awful in, like, uh, like that like 10%, but like yeah. awful in the sense that I feel like Cornell is known for their ability to drop shots. Really good right? three-point shooting. Yeah, I, I, as, as you know, the shot doctor. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, Coach Earl, like we're known for that. And then to hit 29% as mm-hmm. field goal average percentage is kind of... Yeah, yeah. I think it's something Cornell relies on a lot. There are a couple of games I know Cornell really stayed in because of their three-point shooting. Yeah, and that's but that again was hurt because Nas Williams didn't play against Brown. Yeah, that's the that was a hard loss. Yeah, but I think in overall though it was another great yeah, test. You, you saw people step up. Exactly, well. Chris Mann had a sensational game: twenty three points, Points, 11 yeah. rebounds. He was phenomenal. Insane. A shout out to Marcus Fillion who had three incredible blocks. I had the entire gym erupt where he met <laughs> Brown's big man at the at the summit. We were trying to dunk it. Phenomenal plays. And also, for a guy who just won uh, Ivy Rookie of the, of the Week, Josh Bowen, who had a phenomenal game. It's phenomenal saying a half. He got in one, hit a three, blocked a three-point shot. Yeah. He was big time, and he really stepped up, and that helped give him a lot of momentum, him and Chris back and forth in the second half. I'm excited to see, like, how he grows as a player. Exactly. He had a phenomenal game. He did he had a great week. Uh-huh. Shout out to him for Rookie of the Week. But, no, I think it was something that – great was- test without Nas, and you were able to win a big game, and now – I think I do want to ask you, you're, for a team that's now first in the Ivy League, what would you say is something that Cornell should definitely look for, to now, now that you're at the top of the, top of the mountain, something you don't want to like, slide down? What would you say is some keys to that? Like what they need to improve on or like what they need to like, focus, focus on? Make, on. Yeah, make sure. Okay, I would – God, I don't want to sound like the Debbie Downer, but I would say like sometimes – in the process of like running fast plays, yeah, there's some confusion, yeah, okay. and the ball gets lost, yeah. But that's just something that I like really. But more than anything, just more consistent shooting because I know our team is capable of it, yeah. But I haven't really seen it mm-hmm. in this entire IB conference play. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like I don't, I think we're capable of more than twenty nine percent. Oh yeah, we're much better. We've had great shooting that days. You know, we always have some bad days, but it, it happens. Yeah, and I think. And for a team like Cornell, where you're at now, the number one seed in the Ivy League, yeah. you just got to make sure I, you maintain, stay focused, and don't let up. And I think they've got that in the back. But, like, one thing that, like, I say to anybody, not just Cornell, like, any team, if they were at the top right now, is just to not get complacent. Yeah. Especially in a league like this where things are so competitive, because the moment complacency hits, you set yourself up for failure. Yeah, but I do want to shout out um, the team in general. I want to shout something out because this is a team that coming in, we saw they were what? Fourth or fifth? Yeah, they were predicted to be fifth. Fifth in the Ivy League. And then now they're like, yeah, that's kind of bad. I'm just going to say, proving everybody wrong. Yeah. But speaking of, you know, just awesome play, yeah. hard work, all of that, we have a new guest, mm-hmm. um, Chris Mannon. You know, averaged, like David said, 23 points. Not average, sorry. Scored 23 points as a season high on the last Brown game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just excited for that. Yeah. So, yeah. It should be a good one. This week's episode of Big Red Ballers is brought to you by Big Red Fueling. Managed by sports dietitian Alyssa Harrington, Big Red Fueling is open five days a week from 2.30 to 4.45 at Bartels Hall, the home of Big Red Basketball, offering both in-season and out-of-season snacks for athletes to fuel their performance and recovery. 
Staff provide valuable knowledge to inform athletes of optimal snack choices based on exercise and personal goals. Follow Big Red Fueling on Instagram at Big Red Fueling for infographics about all things sports nutrition, including college-friendly recipes, post- and pre-workout suggestions, supplement safety, and much more. All right. All right. Special guest on the show, Chris. Thank you for coming, man. Thank you for having me. Now, how are you doing right now? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Got, I had um, class today, obviously. I uh, had early practice today, and I had um, a workout and a, and a lift, so... And now I'm here with you guys. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. No problem. Start off, you guys have a great win against Brown on Saturday. What were just some of the key success uh, from that game? I mean, I feel like every game we try to um, we try to play fast and uh, open and free. The coach really wants us to always you know, try to shoot the ball as much as we can. And anytime we're open, we have the green light, all of us. And I think that helps us, you know, I think there's a lot of weapons on this team. So I think, you know, any night, anyone could go off, so. I guess Brown was my name. It was your night. You had 23 and 11. I guess, Brown, what were you, what were you able to exploit, especially in the second half? Yeah, I think, um, I think I had some good looks in the first half that I missed. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I tried to get in there, uh, and they were guarding me one-on-one. They were, they were fanning out the shooters, so I tried to, you know, take advantage of that. My size, you know, I'm a little – I'm bigger. So I tried to go in there and uh, finish. Gotcha. Gotcha. So – um, moving on to the future, you Cornell's basketball team is tied with Princeton for first place in you know the Ivy League. So as you go into the Princeton game this coming weekend, what are you looking to exploit as you go forward? Yeah, I think um, last time they uh, we sorry they capitalized off our mistakes a lot. Um, so I think this time we're gonna you know try to stick to the game plan throughout the whole game uh, and just finish through shoe when we're open, play fast. They, we let them slow us down last game, so we're just going to play fast and play free and play open, hopefully win. Awesome. And quick question is going back to that Brown game. I mean, you guys weren't playing with, with – uh, you were playing without Nas that game. How did that in any way affect how you guys were going that game? You know, you started, of course, and you had a great game at, you know, during it. Yeah. I mean, Nas is my guy. I uh, actually went to high school with Nas. Yeah. Um, my, my day one guy. Uh, big, big, big loss. Uh, he, we're going to have him back, I hope. Uh, but you know, I tried to step up as much as I could to help us. You know, I, had, I got the starting the starting job, so I was just trying to be aggressive with my minutes because uh, obviously he is one of our better scorers. Yeah. So I knew I had to score a little more. So that's what I tried to do. Now you definitely you stepped up for sure, and really this whole year, going from last year to this year, you've improved in almost every major statistical category. Come just raw numbers and points, rebounds, assists, and then for your percentages, all improved. What would you attribute to that growth? I mean, the coaches obviously helped me a lot. Uh, I've been working out as much as I can, trying to get better at my weaknesses, which is the big thing, you know, trying to keep growing. And that's really the goal in basketball, you know, keep learning new things, keep trying to do new things. And, you know, you're never, you're never a perfect player, so there's always things you can add, and that's what I try to do. Yeah, so then as you progress from, you know, freshman year to now, um, how has your style changed, and how would you describe your current style of play to somebody who doesn't know anything about basketball? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming in here, I wasn't recruited as like a shooter, obviously, and there's a lot of great shooters here. Uh, so we call uh, Coach Earl the, the shot doctor. Uh, he tries to help us out. Um, you know, I've been trying to just be more confident in myself to shoot when I can. And in high school, I was more of, I guess in Brown, I'm still a slasher, kind of a scorer, trying to get to the rim, use my size. 
But uh, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to expand my, my range outside, to try to shoot some threes and try to get the mid-range going for the benefit of the team because, you know, when, um, when we play, we, we like to shoot threes and play yeah. free. So I have to start doing that to, for the flow of the offense. When watching you play, you get a lot of, of these transition looks and transition baskets. And part of it, I would definitely say it's because your league, I believe, the steals. 2.2, footnote, Greg Dolan's number two with two steals a game of his own. Is playing the passing lanes and being active and aggressive defensively, was that something you came in this year focusing on? Or was that something that just kind of happened naturally as you just playing, you kind of saw something you could take advantage of? Yeah, I think um, one of the bigger uh, aspects of my game is, you know, my instincts. I think I have pretty good instincts. Uh, so... I try to always be in the passing lane. Coach tells us to stay in the passing lanes, deny the next pass. And I just, they always throw them to me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I just take, try to take advantage. Every yeah, time they're testing you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I got to stop. Yeah, so then, um, you know, you mentioned staying in the passing lanes. And I know you guys have played, like, larger teams, especially in, like, preseason, like you, Miami. Um, how do you handle, you know, being matched up against somebody who's probably more physically dominant than right. you? Right. Uh, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, in situations like that, I try to, I would say, gamble less, but, you know, try to stay a little closer to my man instead of, you know, denying too much, because obviously Miami made us pay. They scored 105 points, so yeah. it was a great game, but, yeah, I just try to, you know, it depends on who I'm guarding. I try to just stay in the passing lanes, but I think uh, to my best, it depends on who I'm guarding. I gamble less or more. Gotcha. So then, you know, um, Transitioning off from, like, your game this year and moving kind of overall your time here at Cornell, how did COVID affect you? And, you know, how did that affect how your game changed? Like, what did you do during with your COVID year? Yeah, freshman year, it was, it was interesting. I mean, we just worked out every day. We had a lot of early practices. I just tried to get stronger, uh, work on my shot. The shot doctor was helping me freshman year. Um, I mean, it was, it was a crazy time. Uh, but, you know, we all tried to work through it. It sucked for the seniors that we had. I think we would have had a great team. We just fought through it, and we were better for it now, I think, because we, we changed up the offense. Yeah, and that faster plays team. And I think something – you're a high-energy player. Um, I think it's a lot of fun watching you play because you're a very just energetic, emotional, visible person. I mean, someone who was at the Brown game courtside, it was a lot of fun. Especially the second half, you got going. And I say, how, how do you use that energy? And how does that momentum of the game help you, even the team in general, as these games uh, progress? Right, I think as I get older, I'm trying to channel it a little more. <laughs> it's a little crazy sometimes. But I try to you know, energize the team. I think that's a big role I have when we're feeling down or when they go on a run. Like, I know they went on a run. We had, like, a few turnovers. I try to tell the guys, come on, like, pick it up or uh, focus, like, I think energy is a big part of basketball, and you know it's something I try to bring to the team. So then, how do you take that role and kind of like, um, you know, put that with the freshmen? How have you helped the freshmen like adjust, or if at all? We have a great group of, of freshmen, and and we play a lot of guys, and I feel like they they all all have gotten an opportunity. I feel like at some point, and they're all really good in my opinion. Um, but you know, I just try to anytime they have questions, I try to help them. And, try to energize them and try to keep them motivated. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't play a lot. It's, it sucks. Yeah. But, you know, they'll have their turn, obviously. Just like my freshman year I didn't play, I probably wouldn't have played. But, you know, try to answer any questions they have, try to steer them in the right direction. Just be the best, you know, try to be a leader as best I can.
and just to close out these game questions. So last year, you guys go to the playoffs. You guys have a tough loss against Princeton. How do you talk about your just overall experiences here as a success as a team, a player, but even then just the enjoyment you had relationship with your teammates? How do you describe your years? I mean, this is such a close-knit group of guys. We all love each other. We all hang out. Like, after the Brown game, we were all, you know, watching the Lakers game. It was just, we're just all really close, and I think that's a big part of our success. I think we all trust each other. We all hold each other accountable. So I think um, we just try to, you know, be the best we can, and I think we all hold each other to that. Well, you know, moving off of game questions, um, we always like to talk about, you know, the early years of, like, you know, somebody's basketball development. So was there a driving force in your interest in basketball, and what got you into it? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really get into basketball, like, really that professionally, I want to say. No, competitively, I guess, uh, until high school. Uh, middle school, was, I played, like, at a public, my public school. Was, we weren't that good. I was just, I was the best player on the team, but I, I wasn't that good. So, you know, my dad was a big a big factor in, you know, pushing me to become a better basketball player. He introduced me to, like, trainers and stuff like that Yeah. in high school. And I think that was the biggest thing is, you know, my dad. So we've never heard anybody, like, touch on the concept of, like, trainers and, like, all that stuff throughout high school. So what's that like for you? And do you think that's a necessary component to, like, high school development as a player? 100%. I think 100%. I think, you know, having someone to help you. And it can even be, like, your dad. Or I think even now people are starting to train themselves, which is okay if you have the right regimen. But it's huge having someone, you know, there's always someone that knows more than you. Um, and, you know, listening to them and trying to, oh, obviously my trainer's older than me, so, and he was a great basketball player as well. So obviously he's better than me, so I try to learn as much as I can from him. Um, yeah, I think that's a big thing about trainers. And, and you're talking about how you played really competitively in high school, but growing up, um, playing middle school, even when you got to high school, was there ever a player that you kind of modeled your after that you shaped you, kind of how you played NBA, collegiate, anything? I would say I try to take, you know, everything from everyone. Uh, but I love LeBron, like you said. Yeah. Um, he's one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. And I think he's done it the right way. He's, how, what can you really hate about him? Nah, for real. But he's a great player, and I try to try to do a little bit like him. Well, I know David's going to ask this, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, MJ or LeBron? Ooh, that's controversial. I think they're both great. But I have to say LeBron because, only because I grew up watching LeBron. I didn't, I didn't really see MJ play. All right. You're the first person Thank to you. agree with. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so then, you know, post high school, like, you know, you get into high school, you get serious about basketball. Um, what, did you, like, know you wanted to play collegiate basketball, like, before high school? I never really knew it was a possibility, like, especially here. It's such a great school to come to. I went to, you know, my prep year, mm-hmm. um, kind of, kind of um, it was COVID. Or no, it wasn't COVID yet. I kind of went to my prep year, like, with no offers. I was just, you know, trying to test the waters, trying to see if I had the option to go to college. And luckily, you know, this came out of nowhere, to be honest. And I, I took it right away. So, like, what was that recruitment process like for you? Yeah, prep school is like a basketball factory. You just play basketball and then go to class. Yeah. Uh, that's really what I did every day. It's a boarding school. So, you know, I just played every day and we had a lot of coaches come and watch us, like practice and games, obviously. So that was, uh, I mean, I got a few calls from, you know, Coach Earl and, and the rest of the coaching staff. Um, and, you know, I answered. I tried, you know, I tried my best to, to answer and, you know, I took it right, took, took it right away, basically. 
And so we've, we've had a couple players talk about AAU as, as kind of their way, how they got those, which is high school ball. You go to a couple camps. Right. Yeah, and the prep circuit is something, not the circuit, the prep school is something you hear. There's a lot of stories. People have very varying opinions mm-hmm. of. And so you talk about how you have coaches in watching you guys all the time. Yeah. How is that like? And then you're also now, because prep schools have different rules than like yeah. the average high school does, they get scheduled different games they want. What was that process like in the competition you were playing and then just how you had to deal with a constant microscope of people always watching? Right. I mean, I think I got kind of used to it. Even now, like, there's a lot of people at the game. And even sometimes it's like, I don't even think about how our games are on TV. I don't even think about that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think I kind of got used to it. But, you know, NEPSAC Prep School is one of the most competitive, I think, prep leagues in the country. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys on, on the team that are from the NEPSAC. Uh, Greg Dolan, great player. Darius Irving, great player. A lot of great guys. Marcus Fillion. Mm-hmm. A lot of great guys from, you know, that same NEPSAC area. Uh, I think we heavily recruit from there. And it's smart because there's a lot of smart, very talented basketball players in the NEPSAC. So then how did your prep school experience, like, affect your academic transition to Cornell? And what was it like balancing, you know, academic rigor and, you know, athletics? Yeah, I think prep school helped. Uh, it was the first time, I, like, I really, like, was, like, it was, like, a hard um, academic curriculum. So I had to, you know, kind of focus more on that while balancing basketball, I think prep school helped me to do that the best, my time management skills and all that stuff. Gotcha. So then if you had to give advice to an incoming freshman or even a current one about that transition, what would you tell them? I would say time management. Time management is huge, even for for everyone, for life and beyond basketball. Time management and you know, procrastination, you got to work on that. And so going as a freshman, especially the COVID year, was a very mm-hmm. odd experience, but... What was, even now, what was it like being away from home? What was that? Yeah, I, I kind of got used to it because of prep year. Yeah. But even that year, it was, it was strange. I used to always try to go home, and I got yelled at by my coaches for doing that. Yeah. But it's, I kind of got used to it now. Uh, I like playing basketball. This is, like, my second home to be now. Well, on that note, we are done with our game and personal questions, and we'll transition to our overtime segment, and we'll be right back with that. Now we have like a regular five-minute overtime game. We have our overtime segment. You ready, Chris? Let's do it. All right, you guys. Okay. Louis or Nasties? Nasties is the OG, but I think I like Louis better. Thank you. Really? Oh, Damn. Wait, so number, he's number two? Yeah, no, number three. Number three. Man. Four, four. Umo's, Umo's saying four, so I guess four. four, three, four. Uh, it's somewhere out there. No, yeah. That's weird. Okay. Super Bowl prediction. Oof. I want the Eagles to win just because... NFC East. For sure. Okay. I got you. <laughs> All right. Can you tell us your best dad joke? Uh, my dad once said, uh, don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. That was no. bad. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, you good? You good? What's your uh, go-to pregame ritual? Uh, I like to just listen to music and chill. And... Yeah, that's really it. What music you listen to? Drake, J. Cole. Drake, J. Cole, okay. I love uh, Baby. All right, I got you. What's your, what are your thoughts on um, Drake's new album, The Lover Boy? Love it, love it. Oh. Really? Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think he's just, he's just a different guy. Gotcha. Okay. He just does a lot of really random uh, songs, I think. A lot of different genres. 
And I think that's what makes him one of the greatest. All right, so on that same note, how do you prepare for games on the road? Like, what do you do over a long bus ride? Do you, like, yeah, nap? I try to, yeah, definitely nap, <laughs> 100%. Always got to nap, um, listen to music. Um, I'll try to do some work if I need to. That's about it, really. Stretch. Okay, if you could bring four teammates to Family Feud, who you bring? Sean Hansen's a genius. Okay. So I would say Sean Hansen. I would say Greg Dolan. Um, Marcus Fillion. And I'll bring... Hmm, it's tough. You guys put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, I say Ryan Kiasun. Really? Okay. Because he's sneaky smart. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, what are your favorite pair of sneakers? Or do you have, like, wish list sneakers? I personally, I'm like a huge sneakerhead. Uh, okay. I love KDs. I think my favorite shoe right now is the LeBrons. They're so comfortable. Um, the GT Cuts are also very comfortable and very stylish. But I love shoes. I, I think I might buy a pair of Jordans, hopefully, okay. and wear those in the game. We'll see what happens. Probably right. yoga. Josh, what, what pair of LeBrons are you wearing right now? It's what a LeBron 20s. They're white. I'm not sure. I think they're called University White, maybe? Yeah. Love them. They're so stylish, in my opinion. Right, and they're so comfortable, too. Nah, I used to only hoop in LeBron's. I never used to wear them for style, though. You need to get back on that. You know, next year. I might no, this is his first, his first shoe in a while that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have Yeah, all right. All right. I'm, I'm going to get back Very on expensive, it. though. Very expensive. Yeah. 200. My one and only pair of basketball shoes in high school was a pair of Kyrie's. Kyrie's are very <laughs> awesome, too. They got flat. I, I couldn't wear Kyrie's. They didn't fit my foot. It was yeah. a very weird thing. Nike and Kyrie might be... <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I don't know that. All right, so if you had a choice and you were the one making decisions, who you want to perform on Slope Day? Ooh. Drake, for sure. Okay, I got you. That probably won't happen. That probably won't happen, but... Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I would... Anyone good, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, anyone good. Um, what is your favorite Cornell tradition? I'm not in tune with the Cornell traditions. I like the fish. The fish on hockey is really cool. Okay. I've never personally been, but... Did you see someone through an octopus? That's awesome. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I wish they did that for us. No, you want, you want them... You want toilet paper. You know what? We'll yeah, toilet paper, toilet paper would be fun. I got yeah. toilet paper would be cool. Yeah, I'm not really in touch with all the traditions. But uh, I think the fish one is really cool. What's your go-to dining hall or cafe on campus? Mm, I think the, the team, we always go into North Morrison or North Star. Uh, I love Trill. Trills. Yeah. Big Athlete Central. Uh, the orange chicken burrito on Wednesdays. <laughs> great, great burrito. That's about it. All right. Um, if you could choose one teammate that you would like to see on American Idol, who would it oh, be? Oh, definitely Isaiah Gray. He's always wanted to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Gray, for sure. Okay. Right. If there's a cockroach in your bedroom, what are you doing to it? Um, there you go. <laughs> okay. Good, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Shoe off. Stomping it. Something. Okay. You got the right. Okay, good answer. Okay. Would you, if it was another bug, would you let it go outside? I'm a big anti-bug guy. Thank you. There we go. Ladybugs, I'll let them fly. Let them go. You know, I love ladybugs. Butterflies. Okay. Not even a spider. Okay. Spiders, I'll let it go because the bad luck thing. I don't okay. know about the okay. bad luck thing. All right. But All usually, right. I might. I might start. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. What? What? Oh wait. Oh God, I'm stuttering. Um. What is the most recent movie or TV show you've watched? Uh. It's just a little weird, but I watch anime a lot. Yeah. Oh, me too. Uh, I love anime. What's your favorite one here? Right now, I'm watching One Piece. I'm on like 800. Are you one of the One Piece fanboys that's like, you have to watch One Piece? Nah, like, nah, nah. I was first, first, I got into Naruto. Okay. That was my first thing. 
And I just recently got, no, I guess not recently, but One Piece now is my thing. All right, well, that concludes our overtime segment. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That was a wonderful interview with Chris Bannon. It was great hearing from him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So now we always move into our preview of the next coming weeks. So we're going to be against Princeton and Penn this weekend at home. Yeah, I think it's good to mention that um, they're going to be back-to-back games Friday, Saturday, which is something very unique, like almost like an AU high school um, system, something you don't really see a lot. Yeah, they usually get breaks between games. Yeah, so it's be something to see. I think Princeton will be a very massive game. But I would expect that it might be a bit of a struggle just because tired legs. And we're defending our first first place position exactly. against this team. Yeah, but and we only like while we're winning, we only have first place because we won an off season. Agreed. And I think first and foremost, the Princeton game on Friday is a massive game. It has a playoff, mm-hmm. major playoff implications. It's a team that Cornell definitely wants to beat. Um, knocked them off no, last year. No, we have the hunger to whoop them. The, the first loss of an Ivy play was against Princeton. Princeton is yeah. Cornell's little rival right now. Exactly. And I think more than anything, it's not a skill-based issue. It's a mental issue. Agreed. Because if you notice, skill in terms of skill, we are about even with Princeton. You can play with them easily. And better with them. Better than them in many aspects. Agreed. But I think, again, we talked about this, like it's about the head game when yeah. you get on there. I think just a team that beat you last in the playoffs, they, your first loss in the Ivy play was them yeah. again. If you beat them once... All it does is just prove to yourself that, okay, we can, we can beat these guys. We know we can yeah. play with them, but you can just get over the hump. You can beat them. And then on the technical side, in the last meeting, Princeton had five players averaging more than 10 points a game. Yeah. And then we talked about this in our preseason episode. Tucson at Wamwan, mm-hmm. they have to contain him. Yeah, he's been, again, great year for him, great player. And again, it, I wouldn't say they've done a great job containing him. He hasn't exploded like he did in yeah. the... But he's out-rebounding us. Exactly. That's something that... Cornell needs to watch because uh, Princeton is the second best rebounding yeah. team that I believe, and that's been one consistent issue we throughout agree. the last the games that we lose. We don't rebound well. Yeah, I mean it's a major part of the game, and when you lose it like that, especially against a team like Princeton, who's going yeah. to attack the glass uh, very strong, it's something you definitely need to worry about. But also something you can, you can do. Um, Sean Hansen, Guy Rackham Jr. We have yeah. some really good rebounding. We guards. have people that can manage it. Yeah, even our guards and Chris Mann and Marcus Fillion are really good rebounders, so they'll all be really good. Help on that end. And then, you know, again, kind of turning off the Princeton um, wave, we do have to address Penn on the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I think this will be a little bit less of a challenge, but you need to apply pressure. Of course, yeah. I think, um, like, like we were saying earlier, to come off a back to back, so because this is the yeah. game, you already beat Penn, but because of that, that fatigue you're probably gonna feel after Princeton yeah. you might come off some tired dead legs exactly. in the first quarter and we need to have our defensive edge in this game especially because yeah. last time we forced 19 turnovers and that's what got us really helped it got yeah. got more possession for the team and honestly I think if you can last time you played Penn was a really special game where almost everyone scored it was a game where everyone was going in you absolutely torched them in the third second half no that was insane everybody got a shot exactly in. so if we can repeat that and just overwhelm them that'll be great but, you know, I'll actually be there this time. <laughs> yeah. You'll actually be there this time. It'll be a great game. Yep, we're excited. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned for next week where we'll be covering the women's team February 8th. It'll be our seventh interview with the women's team, so definitely something to look forward to. Please share with your friends and family and follow the podcast on your platform. These two things help us grow the podcast and publicize Cornell sports the most. Once again, you can follow Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN 
or reach us on our website at www.cornellbrsn.com. Special thanks to our producers, Matthew Furman, Jay Klein, the awesome Uma Comfort, and Gabe Solid, and the rest of the BRSN team. I'm Sohini Singh. And I'm David Pega. And we'll see you next week. Go Big Red! <laughs>